This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Sure, this is a podcast. Assuming you use Dr. Evil-style air quotes and have a tiny version of your podcast standing right next to you, then sure, it's a podcast. And also, this is Funny People Talking. Hi, I'm Brian Casper, and I would rather be eating mushrooms. Just regular, plain old salad mushrooms than listening to funny people talking. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to Funny People Talking. I feel so friendly today. I'm Mark Rako, and with me, also pretty friendly in her own right, Danielle Beckman. Hi, I'm Danielle Beckman. Oh, stop I it. Am you friendly. did that just to spite me. I'm so sorry. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> hey, everyone out there. Good to see you. I am friendly today. He's laughing already. This is great. Yeah, it's good. We're starting because we're funny people talking. We are. Uh, welcome to Funny People Talking, everybody. We're so glad you're here with us. Also, here with us is, or maybe we're here with her, I'm really not sure, it's Elsie, the producer. Hi. Hey. Elsie, mm-hmm. uh, how would you rate your previous week, Santa scale of 1 to 10? 10 being high. 3. Really? Ooh, oh. That's rough. What happened? What's the matter? I don't want to talk about it. It's a 3. She doesn't want to it's talk about it. It's a 3. Okay. Is this work issues? I... Uh... You're my work, so what do you want to say about that? Okay, then. Moving on. She's technically at work right now. <laughs> I, you that's are a matter work. of opinion, really, I think. Uh, and also with us... <laughs> you are a lot of work. Hey, okay, there you go. I account for three out of the three. So that's like 100% to me. Oh, that's really nice. I don't know if that's true. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Also, in the studio with us today, and I'm delighted to say... You're very... a piece of work. <laughs> Sorry, our you guest. know you're stepping on Brian's time here, Elsie. Good producing over there. <laughs> okay, <laughs> with us also, we may eventually tell you his name is Brian Casper, like the ghost, but with a K and no E and no Casper. Oh, I guess it did. Yeah, he's shortcut. It's K A S P A R, just to clarify. There's no, no A. a. There's no second A. You're adding a vowel. Stop oh, it. making it longer than it has to I'm be. Really, You're making it harder on yourself. I'm actually basing it on. So we're going to miss. <laughs> I'm basing it on the way that I typed it. <laughs> so. Okay, I'll tell really, you because I, I followed him error. on Instagram. It's B R I A N space K A S P R. Straight to the R. Straight to the really? R. Cut to the, Isn't cut that to the cool? Because that's your real last name. Is, is. How did that, that happen? It's a shortened version of um, Is that a, Is that a uh, Ellis Island issue? or uh... Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Okay. Just like, uh, let's is, get rid of like these extra letters. Some guy's like going, K-A-S-P. What's that, Dave? Where was I? Exactly. O-R. Right? Yeah, pretty okay. much. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Brian Kesper is uh, an artist. <laughs> I'm sorry, my friend. Brian Casper, giving you the proper respect now, is an artist and designer, but that's not it, everybody. He's also a letterer. That is correct. What does that mean? Ooh, the intrigue. Ah. You'll find out later in the show. Uh, But he is a very talented dude, and he dresses like 
a creative dude. You just you just look like a creative dude. Thank you. He and could wait, be an artist. I he could see... be in a band. He could. He could. could. Yeah. Also, I see a glimpse of pink popping out. Oh yeah. And oh, his shirt underneath and his undershirt is pink. A lot or... of there's so much pink. So in much. the aesthetic of your branding and whatnot. Is it True. your favorite color? It's not. He actually <gasps> has pink flowers on his shirt. I do. Wait, what is your favorite color? Orange. Whoa. Well, that'll show okay, you so literally, my mind is so blown right now because... He's just making orange jealous, that's all. Yeah, do you know... I know. I have um, a sticker from back when I first met Brian, which... Was it August, I guess? It wasn't too long yeah, ago. And, beginning of end of July. Yeah. August, and yeah. it says... The sticker is a top hat. It's right. a bright pink top hat. Mm. And it says top notch on it. <laughs> that's right. And... It has the contact info on the other side. How card. smart can you sticker. be? All right. Well, are you we're... taking notes, listeners? Elsie's <laughs> you know, peeking over at my notes over here, so she's getting nosy. She's taking notes on your notes. That's right. But so happy you're here with us, Brian. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a fun here. show together. We're going to play an improv game oh, we've never played on the show. Oh, it's new too. <laughs> it's new too. Yeah. I've been, and, I've uh, been kind of dreading it. I'm just oh, say. there's no need. I promise. Uh, you'll have a good time. Uh, you will. We debatable. promise you. I'm promise following Elsie's lead on this. Yeah, nobody's worse than me. <laughs> you know what? I'm actually going to make an audible here and change the game that we're going to play because oh. I'm going to change it to one that I think Brian, who is a novice at improv, yes, very much so, will be able to handle a little bit more comfortably. I say yes and let's uh, do it. <laughs> okay, so we'll do that and it we'll is, save I, 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 we'll okay, save I asked, I asked for improv help. We'll save the new game for a future date uh to give a little easier time to Brian here. Okay. So uh before we move on, a yeah. quick question for you, Danielle. Uh-huh. Uh the nurse's uniform. Right. Uh I'm confused. Okay, well, well, I mean, I'm not aware of you being a nurse, but that looks like a full out 1950s uh, nurse's uniform with the big old giant uh, rampart nurse's hat on. Well, what I didn't tell you is that I'm in tech week for a play. No. And I, I just thought I would wear my costume here. Is that Did right? I not tell you I'm in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? I'm playing oh. Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> I've done that show. Have you done that show? Yeah. Well, I'm about to do it. I'm in tech for it, Mark. Oh, That's why sorry. I'm dressed like oh, this. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that was such a silly question I just asked. Um, who did you play? I Nurse played the Ratchet. doctor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry this is your last show with us, Elsie. What do you mean? I'm the producer. Wait, Mark, you actually played played the doctor? doctor, Oh, my gosh. So I guess we would have gone hand in hand in another lifetime. (gasps) Yep. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I mean, sometimes I'll bring a change of clothes like when I'm going out. But um, it was just one of those busy days in New York City. And people dress in so many different weird ways. It doesn't really matter. So I just thought I would wear this. And the costumer seemed not to mind. I didn't really check with him, yeah. but it's going to be fine. Uh, vocal okay. cry. <laughs> that was very <laughs> odd, but thank you for entertaining all of us. Uh, you know, One Flow Over the Cuckoo's Nest was actually – so when I lived in Rochester, yeah. I did – I'm going to estimate between 30 and 35 plays. I believe or it. musicals during at my Jiva. time. I did not work at, at the Jiva. JCC. I did work at the JCC. Uh-huh. How did you know about My the JCC? My best friend just got engaged, and she lives in Rochacha. 
Aha. The home of the garbage plate. It is. The 585. I could keep going. Yes, you could. <laughs> I know a lot about that plate. And yet you won't. <laughs> Thank awesome. you. No, that was awesome. But um, but it was such a strange one to, to do, you know? Yeah. As the last one. Anyway. Oh, wow. Uh, it was so unceremonious, too. It wasn't like, and by the way, everybody, this is Mark Rico's last play. It was just like. It was just like, and you're done. And my last scene is like two thirds through the show. And then I'm just <laughs> waiting the wings for the rest of it. You know, yeah. That role is like that. The nurse gets the the and, center stage. And someone gave me a bottle of wine. Um, and I uh, dropped it back stays and <gasps> broke it. And I had to, after everyone had left, I had to sit there and clean the whole thing up. Wow. No bitter memories from this. Oh, nope. <laughs> so uh, I put the cuckoo in cuckoo's nest. You do. You anyway, do. Uh, well, that's fun. We'll break a leg then. Thank you. <laughs> uh, nerd tip. Nerd tip. Do we have one? Just the tip. Nerd tip. Ooh. Nerd alert. Yeah. So speaking of improv, I have a, a live stream show that's basically improv based. So... I'm always looking for different ways to sound smart and vary my speech, okay? Have you found any yet? No. I'm still working on it, Mark. (laughs) But listen, if we use the same words over and over again in your vocabulary. Uh, By the way, that's really funny that you said over over and and over over again. It's true. I'm being ironic, (laughs) but not. Dang it. Um, But basically... I think as an adult, it's important to expand my own vocabulary, even though I'm not in school where I have like pressure to take a test at the end of the week, right? So I just wanted to share for anyone listening, if you're looking to expand your vocabulary, here are some tips. Number one, find out how you learn best. So if you're like a visual learner or if you like to do it audibly or writing down, figure that out. And then something I like to do is write a new word on a sticky note. So I might try just like one new word a day. Um, So yeah, one of the other tips is don't overload. Don't try to learn like five new words in a day. I actually did that once and it was, I ended up learning nothing. Um, And then also use them in a sentence. Were you doing an eye test? I did. I I was so shameful that I I went. Hand over one eye. I did a hand, a palm to the forehead move. And you know that emoji is my fave. Um, And then... Uh, lastly, use them in a sentence in your own vernacular and engage in conversation and practice it. So a word that I um, learned recently was garrulous. Does anyone know what that word means? No. Okay, so. That you're not with Gary anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's it. So basically, the way you would use that in a sentence is you would say, hey, are you with Gary? And if Gary's not with you, you would say, no, I'm, I'm garrulous. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> okay, no, really. Garrulous, but are you guys ready for this? Garrulous means full of trivial conversation. A chatty person. Welcome to funny people talking. Mm. Um, but basically, so like a sentence that I created for the word garrulous is like, the garrulous couple next to me on the train drove me to spend four minutes untangling my headphones so I could put them in my ears and drown them out. Garrulous. So basically, it's kind of like a spinoff on loquacious, but maybe a little bit more trivial in their speech. 
You're right. welcome, everyone. All I just right. wanted to help anyone who needed to expand their Thank vocab because I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I literally write down words that my boyfriend says in his vocabulary because it is so vast. That was a good word, right? Vast. Vast. That was a good word. I like that. Is that your word for the day? No, I don't know. Yeah. My word for the day is garrulous. No, that was her February 27th word, Vast. (laughs) She brought it up again. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It sunk in. Okay, we're going to get... I have a story. Well-timed. Yes. I was in the head office, and there was an employee, and her manager was saying to her that she can't be covering up her incompetence anymore because everybody that has to work with her has become irate. And the employee did not know what irate meant. Oh, no. I don't understand how someone from can graduate college and not know that word. You would be surprised what happens in this world, Elsie. It's a cruel Somebody that was born in New York and grew up in New York. In in a middle class. In a a middle class. This is why this nerd tip is important, y'all. Go get your sticky notes. That is a vastly loquacious. 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 That is a vastly loquacious injustice right there. It it makes me irate. Yes. Uh, Mark, is it time? It might be time. Yeah, I think you should go ahead and start the show. From the Mouth Media Network studios in New York City, and from the same people who brought you Monkey Radio with Mark, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako. Danielle Beckman and Elsie. Uh, hello, everybody. We're hello. back. That was just hello. hey there, Brian. We're back. We're back. Um, you know, it's funny when I said woohoo at when we started the show, I felt that I sounded a little bit like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> like, oh no, wait, He's that's like, kind of Mickey. Oh, yeah, it's Mickey. Yeah, what is? No, no, Mickey's like. <laughs> you're, are you thinking like, Pillsbury Doughboy? Oh, oh yeah, that is Pillsbury a Pillsbury Doughboy. Doughboy. No, Winnie the Pooh's more like, um, oh, Baba. Yeah, you know. what does he do? Oh, Baba. Oh, Baba. He is yes. a little British. Anymore. Wow. Anyway, here anyway, we are. <laughs> uh, we just watched uh, that Christopher Robin movie. Did is you it see that? Creepy. It's not creepy. It's um. I heard it's it was British. Creepy. Like to me, it's. What I mean is it definitely does not connect with today's generation. Okay. I think it's just – it's like a, a movie was just looking and go, okay, I appreciate this. Was, wasn't was Winnie the Pooh's eyes, weren't they really terrifying? It's like Uncanny Valley. That's what I heard. Really? I don't yeah. Know. How did you feel? I, I was – I thought the technical aspects of the movie were – remarkable all right the way they created these characters in this incredible environment you saw that too didn't you elsie no no okay um well look at you watching weird. Weird. Can't all really by discuss. myself can't really discuss <laughs> all by myself winnie the pooh okay moving on so danielle oh yeah what the heck has been going on with you okay i gotta tell you what i did so i went to the coffee and tea festival in brooklyn have you guys ever been to any of that sort of thing? Nope. Okay, because there's one in Manhattan too, but this one's in Brooklyn. It's my second year going. And it was miserable, you guys. It was miserable. What? There were so many people. It was like 
they did not cap it. And so I'm there. Um, the only the only reason I had fun is because I I was with a friend. If I would have if I was by myself, I would have just I would have left immediately. So not only was I buzzing over caffeinated, I was over caffeinated because it's like cold brew shot for free. Earl Grey, Assam tea, Lady Earl Grey, Earl Grey's mother, like oh, everyone's there with caffeine, right? So and then it's like Nigel Cold Blue with sparkling grapefruit. I don't understand these things, but they're happening. How can that be tea? No, that was coffee. Okay. Um, no, sorry, it's a coffee and tea okay. festival. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, that sounds so much more like coffee. All this to say, what I noticed was the behavior that happens when um, you're you release a pack of people in a place, and then free samples are given oh, out. Yeah, forget it. Something in people's brains changes. Yep. Something changes mm-hmm. where they feel like they're entitled. And Brian, I don't know if you've done events where you've well, I guess I guess yeah. the event that I met you at, right. you were giving away free artistically personalized bandanas, right. and so people immediately feel like they're entitled to something. So I can't even tell you guys how many times I was body checked. I don't even know for tea. Oh, for tea for, for coffee, anything free for it doesn't cold matter brew. if it's free. That's if what they care about. That's free, like it, it, it it's like. Entitlement city. Anyway, so um, yeah. If you guys want to go, I would suggest buying. If you really want to go, I would say like buy the VIP pricing, which allows you in from ten to noon, so you're there with like a select crowd. Uh, but sorry, I just posed for a photo. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. Did you get a chance to say T Earl Grey hot? Uh, no, but I say that on a daily basis. Which is a Star Trek reference. A daily basis. Um, also, Mark, something that's been going on is, um, when you asked me, like, the interesting things going on in my life, I was like, well, I've literally been in rehearsals and I've been editing videos my whole life. Like, that's all I've been doing. And so I have nothing to talk about. However, having said that, you two, Elsa, do you like Star Trek at all, Brian? No, I'm really lost when you guys reference it. Oh, love it. So, well, okay, let me tell you this, friend. I'm in a play this coming week where I – it's like a play within a play where I'm playing a woman who it's – she's been on a Star Trek TV show. And basically the play cuts back and forth between them doing the scene and then being very shallow and vapid Very excited. Shallow and vapid. Vapid, what a good word. Vapid and vast. (laughs) <laughs> vastly valid. That sounds like a that sounds like a, a really strange uh, NPR morning show. It's like I'm vapid and I'm vast. Together we're vapid and vast. <laughs> Welcome, it's two o'clock. We're gonna be gregariously garrulous. <laughs> Whoa. Anyway, so guys, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this coffee and tea thing, but I think the problem is that everyone's over caffeinated and in one spot, and they want free stuff, so it's like oh, yeah. a triple threat. Yeah. So that's you all. Know with people. You know, in other news, I saw that Hozier performed on the subway platform. I'm sorry, what's Hozier? Do you know who he is? No. Take me to church. You guys, he's he's actually a good musician. No, okay. thank you. But you don't like him? No. Okay. Well, that's okay. But guys, I, I missed out. I saw on, there was a Facebook video where he literally like took over a subway platform and just performed. If How I were cool famous, I would do stuff like that all the time. Well, but you Absolutely. kind of already do stuff like that, don't you? I'm not, but I'm not like that level where people would like lose their minds if you showed up and played some club with like 20 people in it. 
If you maybe one day though you'll show up and like paint someone and I, they'll, I mean, they'll love, freak out. I sure I I hope I can get to that level. Do you guys see like The Rock just posted something on Instagram where he was driving next to this like bus of high school kids and they saw him through his like tinted windows uh-huh. in his truck. Mm-hmm. And he actually rolled the window down and like put the kids on Instagram, like talk to them on the freeway in LA or wherever. Oh. I was like Man, he's so legit. He is. He takes so the time out. He could have totally ignored these kids. Took the time out. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. If I and did that, they'd be like, "Call the police." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Oh, Mark, that's glorious. It's so true. Oh, um, I love it. I love it. I can't wait to unpack a little bit more about what you do and so okay. forth, Brian. In a few minutes, uh, can't wait for that. Um, you know, you talk about a pack of people just operating together. <laughs> As a unit, just devouring like the Langoliers, <laughs> the tea and coffee. Uh, tea uh, heavens. Tea heavens. And it's funny because it's the opposite. Of, so I think I mentioned on the show that I'm getting married. You have? In, uh, in a, just less have you than listened to months. every episode? Almost. Really? <gasps> You're the man. Our, our fan. Do my it's research. our fan. Her, him and Lois from Mouth Media. Our two biggest fans. <laughs> we have two Two people know. Hold on. And Africa, my mother. There and you your go. mother. So we've and uh, that that is that is like our our. That's our fan fans. base. But anyway, so uh, get, getting married and um. And I can go RSVP. I know Danielle's oh, so the wedding. I'm so excited that okay, you're coming. Anyway. Thank you. You, um, you and Timothy. I'm so excited. Uh, we're excited that you're coming. So anyway. Um, uh, my fiance Heather and I are getting married, and you know you send invitations out. And the weirdest thing is, we've been wrestling with this: why people take so long to answer. Oh God, people take so long to I'm RSVP not, to everything. I'm not talking about like you know one stray aunt <laughs> out there that's trying to figure out she's going to fly in yeah. from Phoenix. I'm talking, you know, can can I afford it? Will they let me out of my my teaching job? You know, and it's like, okay, you're not going to get 100% of the people in a week. But to be so close to your deadline and to not hear from such a large percentage of yeah. people. Wait, but this is pretty rapid fire, isn't it? Didn't you just get engaged? Oh, no. No, it's been like a year and a half. Oh, the way you told the story the first time, it sounded like it just happened. Oh, um. Maybe that's like a, a comedy thing. Like keeping it fresh. Keeping yeah, it sure. fresh. I, <laughs> oh, I just ruined the mystery. So this one time at band camp. You know what, though? Yesterday. Mark, I'm telling <laughs> you, RSVP culture is yeah. actually <clears throat> a thing where it's a problem. Oh, it doesn't it's, even exist. It's getting worse. It's, it's it worse. Like, look, with all – if anyone is li- – I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. But no, if anyone you're... is listening to this who is invited and hasn't responded <laughs> – I just want to tell you that I apologize. To your wedding? I, or just in I, general? I, like, I don't care. About we're talking about wedding. his wedding. Only ours. Uh, I, <laughs> I feel badly if I made you feel bad about it. But what I, I just don't understand. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not even – I know this sounds like a rant, but I'm not even ranting. I'm genuinely confused. Right. I don't understand if someone invites you to something that you already understand is extremely important to mm-hmm. them. This is not a housewarming party. This is not a bowling game. This is a wedding. Yeah. And uh, and you've invited them. And, but will there be bowling, though? Well, not for them. Okay, got <laughs> it. Uh, and then, <laughs> not no, now. Uh, we needed a count long ago. Uh, and yeah, I guess No, you. but anyway, so it's like they don't understand how many – they're not considering how many things ride on knowing – 
how many people are coming. What's your cutoff though? Huh? Did it did it pass your RSVP cutoff? No, it's in like a week and a half. Okay, but, that's and still cutting it close. And I, and I do understand that we may not get a hundred percent of the people right. a couple weeks in advance, but the number of people who haven't responded is is jaw dropping to yeah. me, and I don't get it. Why that's become a part of our it's, culture? There's FOMO. Just text you the day of. Right, they'll text you oh, the by day the way, of. I'm coming. <laughs> well, you know what? I would rather have that than someone tell me the day before, two days before, and say, "I'm really sorry, oh, but I can't, I can't, I can't come. make it." That's yeah. um, the worst. Look, if someone's violently ill, or their husband's in the hospital, God forbid, or you know, I yeah. do understand these things happen, and but you know, you pay it's so much for someone to be at this thing, right. and you I know. know, you don't want to reach out to someone and say. I know I didn't invite you before, right. but I have an extra plate. <laughs> this is a B, plan you know, B. Of course. You, congratulations. <laughs> you're a, you're well, a wild card. You know what? My mom just had an Oscar party last month. And on the day of, I know this is not like a wedding, but she oh, had whatever. 14 people that were coming. Then the week yep. of, it dwindled down to nine. Oh then God. the day of... Only three people came because the rest were either sick or had to pick up a kid or had to do a thing. Mm-hmm. And I get it. But it's just – it's it's our culture. It's strange in the fact that there is a FOMO going on, fear of missing yes. out. But the FOMO comes with this uncertainty of being like, well, if I commit to this thing, right. what might I be oh, missing out in this other thing? So I've decided – And that, that goes with social media. I think it's I've decided been. every event I put on in the future, all I'm going to do do is order pizzas and then i can order the amount of pizza that i need the day for of. the number of people that show up yep i'm not investing go. money anymore and buying no. stuff well, part of the problem i think people don't rsvp is you have to respond either way you're supposed to say either way you can't oh i didn't reply because i'm not coming well you know what like, else is happening is you send people a card mm-hmm. that's in a stamped envelope that you've taken right. the time to fill <laughs> out for them put the stamp on and then they send you an email or they tell you go oh yeah i'm coming i'm like i just wasted 55 cents and right and you know i don't have your dietary restrictions and i don't have your little card anymore to keep or to reference and i keep tracking it separately thank you so much mail the card mail the card you know what this is making me think of this is making me think of how what's really it's it's interesting and it's maybe a little bit sad how we as people moving forward who are getting married, who are having events, who are having whatever, are having to strategize a new way of communicating to people to get their dang attention. Right. You know what I mean? So like if if now nowadays, if it's like you're invited to my wedding and maybe it's like a digital invite. And when you click this invite, you get a gift. And when you RSVP, you get a gift. And then they find out once they click through, the gift is going to your wedding. <laughs> but like really well, like yeah, how is it There will being be food phrased? for you at the dinner. Exactly. Right. And yes, you get the exactly. honor of seeing me and the person I love enter into right. a bond called marriage. So I don't know. Anyway, all this to say it's like in the same way that like there's – as being an actor, as I am, as being an artist, as you are, Brian, as all of us in this room are creative people, we're we're finding new ways to innovate and to get our audience. What's sad is that it sounds like to me in the same way of inviting people to a party, we have to get our audience there. Oh, my God. And it sucks. Anyway. 
I know. Boo. When we sent out our invites for our wedding, we included our, the tradition with RSVPs is you actually send a blank card. It says RSVP by, and that's it. Yeah. And people also write a little sentiment for you and it yeah. becomes this nice memento. And we really love that idea. So we sent it. Oh, my God. We got one that wasn't signed. Said, can't wait. We never figured out who it was. Yeah, we got one that was totally blank. <laughs> we're just like, Nothing on it. <laughs> Not even a note. No, we had no idea who it was from. So you're and like, then, And another friend who was like, I'm so excited for you, blah, 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 blah. Plus one question mark? And I was like, no. The plus now one this, wasn't invited. It was, didn't say and guess. Brian, this is an interesting thing that we've been going through and my fiance, my fiance and I have debated in a friendly fashion. We've debated <laughs> this, which is um, should people assume that they can bring a plus one? What do we do if someone just oh, says they're bringing a plus one? Well, and that's why I asked because the, on the card it wasn't clear. You should for me. ask. You should, and ask, I did ask, but, and I was approved by. But the question is, should you put right. plus one? Well, it's usually would be you. You know, the I think the plus five. I'm afraid people will bring their kids or their yeah right. The um, polite thing is that first off, it's if it's addressed to Danielle Beckman, it's as and guest. Right. And is mine that, just that said Daniel get... Beckman. That's why I didn't right. know. And no. then the other thing is we just made it the venue's fault and just said we had a cap. And Ooh, good, good There's one. a cap. And actually there was. But there's a cap on people. No, you can't bring your boyfriend you just started dating. Sorry. Yeah. Bye. I also don't even know his name. So yeah. um, on yours that you said was blank, you said, like th- they didn't put their name on it or it was like totally blank? It was totally blank. <laughs> they, didn't even pick, they didn't even pick up food, no name. food choice, nothing? There was no – there was nothing – they didn't do anything. There was no food. So are they going or not? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know yeah, who they are. they didn't say are. either way. So that, so that they didn't say that either? Nope. There's no return address? Well, there's a trick where you number them so that way when they get back to you, if they don't put their name on it. Ugh. That's so we didn't do that. Why <laughs> did I think it? Where were you when we were filming this where, where was I when I was doing this? I'm writing all this down. Yeah, right. Do you have any input on this, Elsie? I, I kinda... I'm taking it that you want me to RSVP soon. He spent the money on the stamp. But I see him every day. You know, I'm going to hand you your invite tomorrow. All right, I'll mail it. <laughs> Fine. Do you want to weigh in on this at all? You have nothing to say. I just did. Okay. She weighed. All right, let's play an improv game. Yeah. How's that? Speaking of airplanes, let's uh, let's let's. Speaking of blank okay. cards, do you I'm know here, that reference? I'm here for this. Do you know that Can't reference? Speaking now. of airplanes. Yeah. What's that from? It's Bob Newhart. Uh, I've heard. <laughs> and of him. he he talks about the non segue segue and how like oh. you okay. I need to talk about an airplane now right. but i don't have a way to do it yep. so speaking, speaking of, of airplanes long, long as long as we're um, talking about, about cyclones uh, let's play an improv game so we're gonna play we an improv game that we've played before right. which is called audible audible right. is basically where you are telling a story and uh, inspired by a suggestion and if someone who you're matched with in the game is says audible they're calling an audible like in football right. he calls audible you have to change what you're saying in the story and they may continue to say audible until they're satisfied with what now do you back do you back up and change it well or we'll do you demonstrate change it from so you can there. see how it works well, I, feel, I remember seeing this on our hearing you did so i'll i'll we'll demonstrate so that it's it's clear but that's that's what <clears> audible <throat> is so uh how about danielle you and i okay. kick it off uh Elsie, uh, how about a suggestion of a location? Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Perfect. Thank you. So, um, uh, Danielle, why don't you uh, 
say you're in Zimbabwe mm-hmm. and uh, you're you're telling uh, you're doing whatever you're doing, telling a story, okay. and we can whatever you want to do in Z- related to Zimbabwe. Okay. I will call Audible. Cool. When you're ready. And I'm just oh, I'm just me. Okay, yeah. hi. So oh my God, Mark, want. let me tell you, Chantel. <laughs> no, Chantrell, I think. I don't remember her name. That's from another. Anyway, sorry. Call back from another episode. All right. So, okay. my I have friends that are actually missionaries that live in Zimbabwe. Uh-huh. And so I was thinking about going to visit them. And I booked my little flight and got on the plane and went down to visit them in Zimbabwe. And let me tell you. When I got off the plane, it was so hot. It was Audible. like it was like snowing, which I was like, "Wait, what sort of climate am I supposed to be in?" Because all I packed were my rainbows. Audible. All I packed were my swimsuits. Audible. All I packed was my one fur coat. To go over the outfit that I was already wearing, which I thought was enough, but now I'm stepping out in Zimbabwe in the snow. So funny and strange. And I have my fur coat that's like gonna get ruined. Is it real? I don't know. It was my grandma's. I'll find out. Is it real? I don't know. It belonged to this homeless man that he gave it to me one day because he felt so bad for me. I was on the streets of New York when it was like so cold outside and he saw I had no coat. So a homeless person gave me a coat. It was the thing. It was very sweet. His name was Wayne. Audible. His name was Charles. Audible. His name was Fancy Doo-Doo. And he he was a drag queen, and that's why he had this fabulous fur coat. And he gave it to me. And, you know, he decided to be homeless because that was his lifestyle. So all this to say, I'm getting off the plane. It's snowing. I'm wearing fancy doo-doo's fur coat, and my friends are about to pick me up. When I find out they don't live in Zimbabwe, they live in Swaziland. Audible. They live in Eswatini, which is actually what Swaziland is called now. (laughs) They live in Prague. And I'm like, Prague? That's not even in the African regions. So here I am in Zimbabwe. Luckily enough, they're missionaries, so they travel all over the world. They have other friends who live down there. I had a nice cup of tea. Got my little booty with my little... My little fur coat back on the plane. My way made my way up to Prague. It was a great seventy-eight hours. Audible. It was a great three hours of my life. Audible. It was a great seven months of my life that took that journey. <laughs> All right, very good. Thank you very much, Danielle. Zimbabwe land. And that's a shout out to my friends Gethin and Bex, who are missionaries who live in Eswatini now, and they have wow. three kids. They're Welsh. It's Danielle, why don't you call Elsie? Elsie, you'll play. I'll call a suggestion. Okay. A location. You are in a bowling alley. I was in the bowling alley, and I had to go rent some shoes because I didn't have the proper shoes. Mm-hmm. And the guy was spraying them with that stinky spray, and yeah. I figured even with that spray, is there going to be germ-free action going on, or is this going to be disgusting? Yeah. And I asked him, why can't I just not wear those shoes? I'll do anything to not wear those shoes. And he says, you have to wear those shoes. Audible. And he says, you don't have to wear the shoes. Audible. You- 
And he said, you only have to wear one shoe to qualify. So I just wore one of their shoes and I kept my other leg up sort of like, um, you know, like a, I don't know. Is it flamingo? Oh, yeah, audible, yeah. audible. Kind of like a, a a peg leg. Audible. Kind of like um, someone who had knee surgery and has to <laughs> have one of those roller things with their knee in the air. <laughs> so uh-huh. I was wearing my one shoe with my other leg up. Yeah. And then I had to go find a ball for crying out loud. So You had to find a what? A ball. Bowling ball. I'm bowling, am I not? I'm bowling, yeah. So I had to go look for a ball. Sorry, I wasn't thinking. And so I was looking around for a ball, and I didn't realize it was going to be so much work and such a project to go freaking bowling, but I was, God darn it. So I went... So I just took No, I'm audibling your God darn it. Oh, uh, dagnabbit. Audible. crap a tod Cool. <laughs> cool. So I said crappy toddlies and there and someone thought I said crappy toddlers. <gasps> and I was like, no, 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 don't bring me crappy toddlers. I'm having a bad enough day. So I went looking for a ball and I really wanted one that felt good, wasn't too much weight. The mm. holes were where my fingers were comfortable, but I also wanted it to be a nice color. Audible. But I also wanted it to be uh smelling very good. Audible. But I also wanted to be able to lick it. <laughs> As you do. All right, there we go. And that's the end. Good like, job, Elsie. How did you know the beat okay. was to end on lick it? <laughs> how did you know that? I think because he was done with me. All right. Want to give it a try? I'll, I'll give it a whirl. All right, Elsie, no one you audible. Be funny. Mr. Brian over here. A terrible story. Uh, Daniel, give him a that suggestion so if you true. would. That is so not true. Okay, suggestion. Um... Of a place, right? No, it, oh, it can be any. Well, well, whatever you oh, want, could Danielle. It be a place? I did locations, no, but it doesn't. Yeah, location be. is good. Um, <gasps> a trade show. A trade show. Yeah, Woo-hoo-hoo. that's where I am. Sure. Or that's just what I'm discussing. It, it, it just has to relate to it. In yeah, some it, it could way. be any. It, yeah, you could be like recounting <clears throat> an experience or like yeah. creating your own scenario. You could be a trade at show a trade agent. Show. You could be at a company that's about to do a trade show, or you, you could be, be at one of your own booths and ha- telling an experience. And it could be made up. Okay. Okay, so and you, give us you were at a trade show. Elsie's going to audible. She you. is. Oh, man. <laughs> Brian, you got gauntlet. this. She's tough. The gauntlet. So I was at the school bus trade show. Oh, my God. And they were discussing why they made school buses yellow. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I found it surprising, too. Um, and it turns out... That the inventor of the school bus, Mr. School Bus, whatever his name was, I don't remember off the top of my head, um, he just really liked baby chicks. Audible. He really liked construction sites. Audible. He really liked mustard. And the original idea was actually to make them the shape of a mustard bottle, but that turns out it was just, it wasn't right, it wasn't safe. Kids were getting confused. They thought it was lunch. Audible. Kids were really delighted at the fact that they looked like mustard vehicles because they sort of related to the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Oh. Turns out that was Mr. Schoolbus's brother. And that's ultimately the thing. He got sued for trademark, copyright infringement, trademarking, whatever. Because um, it's like mustard, hot dog. It's too close. It's just too close. Audible. Um, mustard and hot dogs. He just wanted to own every possible condiment trademark. 
that went along with hot dogs, relish, ketchup, you name it. So anyway, so that's the story of how it became how they became yellow. But it turns out that he actually Mr. School Bus actually hated the <gasps> color yellow. Audible. He was like kind of on the fence about color, the color yellow, but he really actually liked red a lot better. Um, and so eventually someone, his wife talked him into the fact that he should just make them yellow because at the very least it's good for safety, right? Because, mm. and he said, well, does that really matter? These things are massive. We also have strobe lights on top of them. Like what more do we need? <laughs> he actually wanted to make them red. And she brought up the whole fire truck issue oh. and how it could confuse it with fire trucks. Is a mess, total mess. Anyway, so he ultimately decided on yellow at his wife's suggestion for safety. But then there's the whole issue of seatbelts. And he really wanted seatbelts in the school buses. And his wife said, mm, no. Audible. His wife said, do you, um, I sort of, I sort of hate seatbelts. Audible. I sort of, I think seatbelts are absolutely lovely. <laughs> but really, we just. Kids don't need seatbelts. They're like made out of rubber. Who really cares? Audible. <laughs> seatbelts are lovely. Kids don't really need them because they hate to be restricted in Audible. that way. Mm -hmm. Kids don't need seatbelts. <laughs> because we don't care about kids' because, safety. Because we don't. Because really, we don't care about kids' safety. Uh, I just want to the end. Yeah, let's put Brian I tried. On I tried. Brian. You get a full gun salute for the I, true effort and sticking with B it. B minus well for done. effort. You did great. Yeah, that was you awesome. did great. It's not easy. Good job. Good I job. would like Good to job. give a shout out to my friend Jackie Johnson, who right. gave me a little coaching help on improv. You did great. And all she said was just, never say no. Is pretty yeah. much what she you said. You did great. You did great. Jackie. What does she well do? Done. She it's... actually runs her own podcast called Natch Butte. Like great. It's a natural beauty. She's amazing. That awesome. is so cool. And her husband teaches at UCB in LA. Great. Yay! Yeah. They're in LA. Yeah, she, yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks, Jack. Thanks, Good Jack. job. Hey, yeah, you be, she's gonna be proud when she, she listens. She will be proud. She, you so. better send her the link. I will absolutely. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'll I'll go <gasps> fair yes! fair. Right, oh, please. I'm and, excited. Um, and uh, so, who didn't call Audible yet? I you? didn't call Audible. So you can call Audible for me. Okay. Um, and uh, and then um, somebody give me a location. I'll see. The bathroom. Okay. Yeah, the bathroom. Mm. Yeah. Everyone's favorite. Mark, tell us about it. So last Tuesday, uh, I got locked in the bathroom. And it was pretty unfortunate because um, even though I had just gone in somewhere to go, I had somewhere to go. <laughs> uh, and, and unfortunately, it was a problem. I got locked in there. And I'm shouting and shouting, and banging on the door, Audible. and surprising, uh, I'm I'm screaming like a little girl, and trying to get someone to get my attention, and to get their attention so I can get out of this place. I'm banging on the door, banging on the door. No one's responding, so I decide. Um, I kind of wrestled with the idea of climbing out the window, and when I finally mustered up enough, you know, strength in my mind to do it. I opened the window, which is a audible. I punched through the window <laughs> because um, I really, really was feeling claustrophobic. Audible. So um, I punched through the window because, uh, quite frankly, I really wanted to get out of that bathroom. I had audible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that, by the way. So I didn't have to complete that thought. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I really wanted to get out of there because I heard the ice cream man. And I was like, ice cream! So I run out, and I, I, I actually made it out the window, run down the street, come up to the ice cream man, 
and realize that I had not put my pants back on. Audible. I realized I was wearing a shirt that said, um, uh, Audible, just go to the next one. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I, what, what was, but I want to, I want to tell you what the shirt was supposed to say because yeah. I have to get it out of my mind. What, uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, what was the, relax, that's what it was. I wanted, the shirt said relax. Okay. Nice. Anyway. Nice. Uh, I, <laughs> Uh, went up to him and realized that the ice cream truck had ran over my foot and was sitting oh. on my foot. And I think I can bear through it. And all of a sudden, a base, literally baseball team comes up. Audible. All of a sudden, a small army of civil engineers come up. <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm audibling just the civil a pack part. of Lucille Ball impersonators walks up. And they're all, all they want are bomb, uh, bomb pops. That's all they want. 37 (laughs) bomb pops. Do you know how long it takes to serve 37 bomb pops and how excruciating it is when an ice cream truck is on your foot? I'll tell you exactly how long it takes. It takes 47 minutes. It takes an eternity. It takes so long. So finally... Truck drives away. I look at my foot. It looks exactly like a clown shoe. Audible. It looks exactly like a Velociraptor's Audible. claw. It looks exactly like Jackie Chan. It was really weird. It's like a potato. Just your foot. Just my foot looked like 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 Jackie Chan. <clears throat> I mean, I mean, after a rough day, but still. And uh, so anyway, so um, <clears throat> I'm I'm limping around the street, and who do I run into? But the super of my building. And all who do I run into but Jackie Chan, (gasps) who was shooting a movie in my neighborhood. And he looks at him and he Uh. says, what the hell, man? I didn't give you permission to make your foot look like me. (laughs) And then we fought. We fought a Jackie Audible. Chan fight. We fought. Whoa. We fought. We put sumo suits on, and we did the sumo wrestling thing with the sumo suits. And you know what's funny? When you have a sumo suit on, you can beat Jackie Chan. <laughs> and that's my story about being locked No in audible on that. Yeah, no, definitely not audible on that. So I'm so Jackie glad Chan. the bathroom went to an ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. God. That's all I have to say. All right. So that's audible. We're going to pause for a moment, and when we're unpaused... It's going to be Brian Casper time right after this, doing what he does best. Talking about myself. Next to drawing and lettering, and that's telling us about. (laughs) All those things. All those things. (laughs) Be right back. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. Welcome back. And I realize that before we go on to Brian's story, I've made a grave and horrible error in this show. Tisk tisk. I know. I have glossed right over a very important moment, and that is our appeal 
to Tina Fey to be on this show. And the way that this goes, Brian, if, if you're not familiar, is we pray to the comedy gods and ask them to please, oh please, to deliver uh, a moment with Tina Fey on this show in some way or another by putting it out to the universe. Our hope is it will reach her ears and her motivation to join us some way, somehow. So Shall we pray? A five, six, Tina Fey. Tina Fey, Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Please, Brian Casper even says it, and he does cool things with letters. My wife was once in an elevator with you and didn't get to say hi, so if you come on the show, you'll give her a chance to say hi. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's great. It's true, actually. So let's talk Brian Casper. Here I am. With no E. Uh, Brian, let's let's <laughs> let's start let's start out with this question. Oh, hard hitting right into it. Yes. <laughs> How does what you do now, whatever the hell that is, <laughs> I don't even. Know. We'll, we'll find out. How does what you do now connect with you as a boy, oh, and what call. you imagined or hoped your life would be? Um. I would say there's probably two sort of answers to this. The first um, is that I had always wanted to do something that was out of the ordinary, or as I said in my eighth grade middle school yearbook, um, something cool, spelled with a K. Perf, um, because K. But I always wanted, you know, I was always interested in, in just the things that were different than, um, so that's the first one. And then the second one would just be purely little... Young Brian would be very happy that I've made a life out of being creative and using my hands and drawing. So cool. Because my mom always says from, you know, a young age, it's like, stick him in a corner with some crayons. He's good to go. So wait, growing up, quick question back about that. Were you first drawn to like... Drawn. Dr- huh. Oh, snap. Were you first... Um, as the tools for for art, were you most into crayons, colored pencils, um, like sh- like felt markers, oh, markers all the markers? Way. As soon as okay. I as soon as I was sort of allowed, yeah, yeah. I, I never really liked crayons very much. Okay, I was it's like colored curious. pencils. I preferred over crayons for sure. What about painting, watercolor, pastels? Um, I hate oil painting. Okay. I, mean, I guess I'm talking, speaking more like towards high school. Okay. I hate oil painting. Um, I like the immediacy of like acrylic. Cool. Initially, which is funny because now I work with enamels, which are super slow drying. Whoa, but, cool. Okay. So let's talk about that. What, yeah. What exactly do you do? You're a letterer. Right. And a graphic artist. Right. How do you make your living? I make my living by writing words. Truly. Um, <laughs> and, and how does that bring you revenue? Um, I mean, in, in a variety of different ways, everything from, you know, exactly what you would expect, which is logo types and um, things for commercial clients like that. Um, oh, yeah. Weren't you painting suitcases? Right. And then the other one thing, thing. Right. And the other thing is that it's doing doing events where I'm customizing things for people, which, you know, started as sort of just your basic monograms. And then that has grown into all kinds of different um, things, painting away suitcases and um, airbrushing T-shirts at bat mitzvahs, yes, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. That's really cool. Uh, do you do a lot of commissioned pieces for businesses? It's, or um, for... It really depends. It depends on my schedule. I think it's pretty fifty-fifty for the most part. Um, if I'm busy with a lot of commercial stuff, you know, I tend to putting a lot of the small um, personal commissions on hold, um, which I really don't like doing because I sort of like when someone's interested in having something of mine. I really, I'm 
that excites me and I want them to have it. So it's really mm-hmm. terrible to be like, oh, I don't really have time. Yeah. Um, and then obviously when it's a little slower and people are sort of, you know, coming to me and they want me to paint things or I'm literally just making things to stick on my website and throw out there into the world and hope that people buy it. That's so cool. I don't know, Mark, do you know that he and his wife have a wallpaper business as well? Yeah, we also no, but I ex- I'm excited by that. You know, I was funny. I was just telling my fiance the other day that my my wallpaper I had as a kid um, was one giant science experiment <gasps> that everything connected to the other piece. Why, do you oh, know God, what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. Really? Wait, what does this mean? So I don't know. He's excited about it. He may know. So what I'm, I'm excited for my wife. Okay. So my wife and I started um, a wallpaper company together called Flat Vernacular. The memory you just described. It was in your parents' house. You said. Yeah. Okay. My bedroom. memory you just described with your in your bedroom. Yeah. Is the exact same memory that Peyton had. My wife, um, in her grandparents' bathroom, had the exact same wallpaper. Wow. What. This is wow. going to be great podcast Mind material, but I'm going to pull it up for more. Blown. That is so cool. While we're, while we're thinking it's about really it. crazy how wallpaper – there's been a resurgence in the fact that it's like that perfect accent wall. Like it's very trendy to have mm-hmm. like – oh. Dip, dip. Oh my a gosh! You from have a, a from picture. A snapshot. It's you a detail a from a snapshot. Yep, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. Is it that's... from like the 1960s or something? Um, it's probably from the 70s Did or 80s. Did you see it, Elsie? Yeah, that's, that's literally yeah, because it was yeah. it would have been the 70s for me probably right. yeah, and oh. it was one giant sort of cartoon sort of yep. Doctor Be- Seuss yeah bathtubs and beakers of, yeah, I've, and it yeah. just all connects. We've been searching and for it's it. it's designed so that all the when the pieces of wallpaper connect with each other, it still continues on. So it's actually right. an infinite right. It, there's no no actual yes. ending to it. So that is the that's thing. freaky that that pattern specifically in Peyton's relationship and that nostalgia for that moment that you mm-hmm. just described is is a big reason that she originally started to explore pattern and decoration. Wow, there's sort of How dirty cool. words in art school like making things, making design really in yeah. art schools like poo poo. Oh, and so she was she was really working on all of that early on before we even started the company. Um, and it was from that love that we kind of got to going because I went to school for printmaking and sculpture. Wow. Um, and she, you know, knew illustration and painting and I knew how to reproduce it. So we kind of put them together and took, you know, the, this idea of wallpaper that she was playing with, um, exploring and turned it into a company almost 10 years ago. That is so cool. Had you ever go to the Complete Sculptor down in Tribeca? That store? I have not. You Mostly because I haven't sculpted in forever. Well, it's no, wow. it's it's just like a bunch com- of rocks, it's compliat, compliat sculptor. Like it's right. spelled French, but yeah, there are rocks there. Yeah, it's like all chunks of marble. And yeah, stuff. they have yeah. they have um the the Bianco rock actually from the quarry of David there, like that they used from Damn. to make David. So you know, it's a good gift. Could if you want to David inside? Just there. grab a, mar- a a rock. <laughs> What was that? We were really it was BB-8 came in the room oh, for a okay. second. Okay, so back on, back on. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I've never Star seen Wars. I, I've never seen an, oh. BB-8 Star never Wars. Never seen what? Oh, I've only seen the first three Star Wars. I've wait. never seen an ounce of Star Trek. Hold on, wait. You, what? What, what do you mean you've wait. only seen the first three? You mean the first My three? My wife hasn't even wait, seen Star Wait, do you Star mean the first Wars, three episodes or no, the, first the first three that were released in the 70s? You know, the 70s. Did you hear what he Thank said about God. Star Trek? I know, I do. No, but this is. He's been listening to our show, though, so he said he hasn't understood any of the references. I'm always lost on the references. Maybe 
instead of listening or something to come on the show with Kate Mulgrew. That's it. But maybe instead of listening to funny people talking, take that time and start watching. (laughs) Maybe start at Next Generation. I don't know. I'm tempted to give you a motivation like every Star Trek episode you watch that you can um, leave a voicemail message for us that we can play on the show where you describe <laughs> the episode. We'll give you a plug for your business on the show. That sounds like a fun project. Pavlov's dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love it. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I just – I love this idea of the resurgence of the wallpaper. Yeah. And I just can't I, – I can't believe that you guys have that one wallpaper well, connection. Well, he and my, he and my wife. Not yes. Me. But, but you're, so, you're I'm there. so delighted that you were able to show me a picture of that. I mean, I'm sure we have a picture somewhere of my – Well, I've, that's the our... only picture I have. I'm, like, searching for it. Wow. Like, if, if I came across a picture from my room, oh, yeah. would that be useful to you to yes. see? Okay, I'll yes. see what I have. Wow. Anyway, how crazy is that? Um, all right, so of all the wallpapers in the world, I know the, the, <laughs> no, the vast history of wallpaper, and then that one. And I grew up with 70s. some heinous wallpapers, let me tell you. Yeah. Lots of florals. Let's talk about humor a little bit in terms of yes. how do you see the intersection, if at all, okay, of humor with the work that you do, and where mm-hmm. does it start to peek in? What are the moments that you start to think about humor? Yeah, and how ideas come to you um, that that um, inspire or or it has to do with execution to mm-hmm. make something look like it has humor to it. Right. Well, I mean, I think obviously humor is a powerful tool. I am inherently a sarcastic person too. Um, that's why we want it. Are you? <laughs> are you? No. So that's why we immediately bonded though because I was stationed near where, oh, yeah. where Brian's um, – art airbrushing station okay. was i okay, was sassy. working this event and we immediately just started going back and forth and the uh, sarcasm that yeah, makes sense totally. and so i think um humor plays you know, the idea of humor and what makes humor humor is very similar to what i try to do in my work and it's not necessarily to be funny per se but i think mm. it's it's you know a good joke reframes the world right right in, in a way that you hadn't thought of it and makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just art in general, that's just what art does. Um, mm-hmm. My high school art teacher always said art is representational. It's to mm-hmm. represent. And I think comedy acting, really any of the arts, dance, mm-hmm. music, all of it is, is, is that. And I dealing in words, am always interested in trying to put something out there that people sort of, you know, they can relate to it's you know it's it's a play on words they haven't seen before yeah. uh, any of that it's also or poking fun in some way or being funny and being I mean I like being sassy so being sassy mm-hmm. um, too so I think mm-hmm. so I think it relates and at least at the core of what it is you've achieved a fair following on Instagram yes uh, how do you, why do you think that's happened what have you done that either to make that happen or why do you think people have gravitated to you so much. Um, I think initially, you know, I was a lot of people were brought to me and to my work through the work I did with companies when those companies would talk about me. Oh, um, okay. So that's that's sort of an, that was like an easy, you know, sort of starting mm-hmm. line or whatever. Um, so what do you mean? You mean like a, a company hires you to do some sort of cool thing right. for their brand experience? Right. And then they put it through social media right. and talk and about tag me. you and talk right. about you. And people go, that's cool. oh, that's nifty. Let me check out right. what else he does. Mm-hmm. And right. 
Got it. And, you know, and I think part of my, you know, my sort of like Jackson Pollock syndrome is that I don't want to just get pigeonholed as doing doing the one thing that those people were brought to my work for. Mm. I mean, I know I deal in letters and text and all these things. Right. But it's then to how do you keep those people and still develop your work and mm-hmm. change and do mm-hmm. all these other things? Um, so, of course, I see people sort of fall away when I when I post something that maybe is a little bit off from what I normally do um, or when I start to kind of change directions a little bit, like maybe the last year or so I've really been pushing more towards like sixties and seventies sort of psychedelia and these kind of like funky vibe. Mm. And it's the big reason I'm doing that is because I'm gearing up to, I'm pitching uh, an exhibition that deals a lot with that. And so when I finally start to put that work out there, I don't want to feel like this huge departure yeah. From what someone may have already came to my page for. That's an interesting it's thing. Purposeful. Though. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to me that I never thought about social media and the mm-hmm. instantaneous data that that right. can give you right. on the reaction of people to your art or your expression or right. your voice or whatever. Because a true artist, I think – so there's two types of artists, I think. One is someone who creates art for art's sake mm-hmm. and one who creates art – as an entrepreneurial undertaking. Sure. And they have a skill and they execute with it. Right. And I don't know that either one is better than the other. Depends on your point of view, I think. And the person who, the artist who creates art and says, I don't really care if people fall away. It's sad. I'd like more people to notice me, but I'm going to stick with what is true for me in this moment. And if I lose people, I lose people, more will come, whatever. The other person say, saying, oh, my goodness, I'm losing people. Okay, this isn't the right thing to be doing to keep the people. I need to keep the people. I'm going to Mm. go away from my authentic artistic self and stick with what I think delivers. So how do you – because from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong with this, you're not completely running an artistic career that is about art for art's sake. You are are delivering – a commercial product, even right. if you're at a trade show or you're being hired to execute art on the spot, right? Um, <clears throat> to some degree, right? And you know, and, and and as a performer in a way, yeah. Um, mm. How do you reconcile for yourself as an artist, Brian, the uh, that balance between being a true um, artiste with having a skill that you deliver in a commercial fashion? Right. It's you know I. I like walk. I like walking that line. You know, I, I like riding that fence a little bit because when I was in art school, things like design, things that were made to just be funny or things that were made to just be pretty were sort of poo-pooed. You need to have this grand concept behind what you do. Mm. Um, so in school, I just – what I, when I was doing – in school, I didn't like touch lettering. Because it was always always just something I did on the side. And it wasn't until I was out of school that I realized, like, no, someone – just because I'm designing, let's say, a logo for someone, that's still just as powerful. Yeah. And it's still providing – and someone wants that. Someone wants that to be part of their life or their company or whatever it is or with wallpaper. They want it to be part of their home. I mean, you can hang a painting on a wall, but to transform a whole room, I mean, is incredible. So so in terms of sort of reconciling it, um, I I just – I like to do both. and and the thing that really keeps me coming back to you know doing it for clients is um, I have to eat and pay a what <laughs> pay, and you live in uh, New York City right I hear it's expensive there it's a little expensive <laughs> um so you know that's cool so 
Yeah, it's just that I don't mind it so much, and I and I also take it as these people are hiring me because they want me to be part of their brand experience or whatever this is, and I still think it's just as valuable. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't have as big of a problem with it. Whereas that some people I went to school definitely definitely would, mm, you know, because yeah. oh, you're, it's like a selling out. Well, I'm doing the thing that I love to do. That's not selling out. That's cashing in. And you know, selling absolutely. out is doing something you don't want to do for money. Right. That's selling out. Think of how the logos and words and being a wordsmith, but then also just images or logos resonate with people. Mm-hmm. Like you could take for like the bank Chase, right? Mm-hmm. You could take away the word Chase oh, and sure. just have that little interesting sort of is it an octagon, it's hexagon, the first, whatever. There's another podcast about this, but it's one yeah. of the first. Um, logos without words it was just geometric shapes right and and i feel like that was on npr somewhere 99 percent um, visible yeah yeah 99 pi okay shout out no seriously no <laughs> we show. were both listening to the same Great podcast show. um but right. hey roman um but <laughs> the but that's that's what so i think is so valuable is sure. um you know on other episodes of this show we've talked about what resonates with people right. and so yeah, I don't know. I mean, know. you're still you're still potentially part of out. someone's life, and also if if what I do, let's say I'm doing a monogram for someone on a, on a on a bag, if that's your gateway drug into hiring artists to do things for you, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's like if it's fun. an easy easy to swallow pill, like oh, I hire this artist to do lettering. Oh, he also does these like framed pieces. Oh, and he follows this other person who's a painter. Yes, and, and, et cetera, et cetera. I think. Just to take away the scariness of hiring an artist to do something. Mm. I mean, we're all people. We all we all want work. We all want people who appreciate what we do. And um, so, in in a way, I agree. Like even something like a logo, you're still affecting people. Um, you know, you yeah. still have nostalgia for these things. And you've done things on like leather jackets right. and clothing, right, and right. I think that's super fun. What was the saying? Wasn't there a saying that you had? Back in the middle of last year, it had like it. There was like a palm frond on. Was it on one of your business cards? And there was like a saying, and this just goes back to the um, the idea of you being like such a wordsmith. Do you remember what I'm talking about, Brian? Uh, on a jacket? No, I oh. think it was on. It was like you had the top notch business card, yeah. which was a pink top hat, right? And then you had another oh, one. wild thing. Wild thing was that it on the leaf? Yeah, I guess that was it. Print out of it too. Yeah, yeah. I I never print the same. I never print the same thing twice. Yeah, and especially with I make the business cards that are also stickers. I never print the same business card. It's always different. That is so cool. Because what was fun in that was boring. I love it. I love it so much. I'm curious what a letterer is. Um, exactly. I mean, I, I kind of intuited it a little bit. In yeah, I mean, of there's up, sort of what, a difference between what's your a, function, a letterer and a typographer. If we're going to get kind of yeah. into nitty gritty, I mean, t- typographers, um, who may also call themselves letterers, I guess it's probably there's some crossover there. But a typographer will will make things to be reproduced as a font or a typeface in a computer, um, far more digital based. Not that you can't be a letterer and and you know, work digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas a letter is more, um, you know, you're, you're drawing, you're drawing the letter forms That's versus, so cool. versus, you know, sort of crafting them in a, you know, in a sort of a very specific way. Mm-hmm. That That's really the, the big difference. And so, so a letterer is one who can 
paint letters. Yeah. Know? I don't know. I want um, you to know another episode, which you may have, have heard, uh, was where I talked about fonts and licensing fonts. It's funny because... <laughs> I remember that. I was just thinking I remember about that, that too. There's been so many... Ep- like A lot of episodes I've listened to this... There's always like I have ad libs where I want to interject. <laughs> like you guys you know, like bring up all these topics that I know these little bits of information about, and I was just sort of I'm okay. Sort what of, did I'm you like, want to say about fonts and licensing? Because I all on that one I, I don't, was saying I don't remember. I paid the font that I wanted for one of my live stream shows. Yeah, it's so old. Yeah, and their website is so sketchy that I was like. I'm gonna my credit. I'm gonna have to get a new credit card after this. I'm sure because I put in the amount, <laughs> but it was only eighteen dollars, yeah. and oh, yeah, I got to use really it in cheap. my lo- and I yeah. use it in my logo. Yep, kind of, but I paid like a, a logo commercial and be like, "Hi, I'm Brian from Fonts R Us. Come on yeah, down. No we've got your fonts. Come yeah, we've got your fonts. Come on to this website that's encrypted in five different codes from Chechnya. <laughs> I don't know. S- speaking of um. I don't know. Speaking of airplanes, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All about airplanes. Tell us, Mark. I, I just happened across Brian's LinkedIn page. <gasps> oh, what? I, I want to look I at that. It in forever. Oh, that's so old. That's an and old there's a picture what? on here. That doesn't even look that looks, like him. That looks to me a little bit more like Paul Rudd than Brian Kessler. <laughs> it's not Paul Rudd. Well, well, it is no, me. No, well, no, I believe it's you. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, is so Brian sitting in front of us <laughs> has um, lo- long hair, yeah. like shoulder length so hair ish. Like um, he's wearing a uh, a, flo- a, flo- a shirt with flowers on it, yes. and uh, and he he just he's got the art- artist look to him, and the picture in here looks like your uh, the IT guy in accounting. Yeah, I mean you should and, see the portraits that I and took. I'm 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 shocked that's that you, you because took? it doesn't look like, like the you that ago. I've come to know over the last hour or so, yeah. you know, and um and the other question I have for you is. <laughs> You are, an, uh, at least according to your LinkedIn, you're an adjunct instructor at Was. Maryland Institute College of Art. Well, according to your LinkedIn, you still are. I'm but, definitely uh, not. I haven't touched it. Who still well, uses LinkedIn? I mean, come on. It's, like it's actually use PowerPoint. A, actually, LinkedIn is back, baby. LinkedIn is a powerful tool in commerce right now. Yo. Um, it's not in it is. It's, no, no. Not, I, it's not for artists. We're clueless. No, I don't even know how it works. But I, you, did you see I've been liking your posts? Yes. Well, I you didn't look thing. at the other job there. <gasps> uh oh! I didn't. Which one was that? Car mechanic. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it do, it doesn't it the it's so old. VP and creative director of at Flat Vernacular. Okay, there's another one. Isn't there another one? Letter sign painter at what? You. At what company? Adjunct. B Casper lettering. Okay, and what's the date on it? This is fascinating for the listener, by the way. <laughs> Um, I, do you want me to go through a? It What's says, the date? It says to present. It didn't say when it started. Yeah, December nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, it's, it's like thirteen. Were you in college. <laughs> you started it. You, you said it started. Uh, okay, then. so my, so by the way, I want to point out, I don't believe you are on LinkedIn at thirteen, which means at some point in your adult life, you decided that well, it was important. Was, it was important to put the starting date of that business when you were thirteen. So my, which is my main business of, and that's a dealing in letters. I have a book from when I was thirteen with the, the date December thirteenth, <gasps> and it's Brian's book of fonts. Yes, and so I just consider that to be the start of that job. Oh, that's which fantastic. is the job I'm still doing. That Longest job I've ever held. So happy. <clears throat> that's great. All December thirteenth right. is a good day. Now it's a couple days, the week after my birthday. You know. Oh hey, get it. Can you imagine if it was, let's see, uh, ten, eleven, 
12, uh, December 13th of 2014 than it would have been 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. And it wasn't. <laughs> I just I wanna know. on air. I want to know about the, the portraits. What were you talking about? <gasps> yeah, what the portraits what? did you take? Oh, I took, so, especially based on the fact that you bring up this, like, IT guy portrait. And yeah, you I had, had headshots? I had um, photographs taken of, you know, me and my wife in the studio by a very good friend, but they're very, like, white bread, like, kind of, you know, I consider them being kind of boring, especially given what I do. The photos? And then I, yeah. And then I also have, because I did a demolition derby, pictures of me in the demolition derby, which are kind of old at this point, so I wanted to update them. Wait, point what is being, the demolition derby? That's where you drive cars around and smash into each other in a... With the intent a, of smashing into wait, each other. Wait. For an audience. Yeah. Wait, but, oh, you it's went and watched it. No, I participated. I've been he six. likes car crashes. I've been in six I, of them. I, I, He's been I, in six I used to of watch, them. I've used to uh, watch Demolition Derby when sure. it was like uh, a televised sport, yes. like an ABC Sports or yes, something. Yes, I right? remember, yeah. Well, wait, you're in the car? Yeah. Are you, it was o- kind of, are you okay? They have cages in them to protect them, right? Really. No? Not really. What do you wear? A helmet and a t-shirt. Oh Their my pants, God. And pants and pants and pants. <laughs> but anyway, so okay. point being, okay, I had I'm these so portraits I'm from just... when I did that project, and I would send those plus the few studio portraits I had from. In, I'm like in a creative studio, not a portrait studio. Um, okay. And of course, when they would use them, they would always choose those creative studio portraits. Okay. And so I was kind of complaining about this to my photographer friend, and he said, "Well, it's because you give them that option." Mm. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay, we need to take new portraits." Yeah. So there's like. 1970s cult leader Brian. Perfect. There's um, slumber party pajama party Brian, and then there's um, what he dubbed space elf Brian. <gasps> I love that. Interesting. Space so those are what's going to be given to people when they ask me for portraits, and it's like, pick one. This is what you got. <laughs> like, what I would like to have you do, Brian, is really think about this as a potential art project. You get a bunch of cars in in an open area, yeah. and you apply f- uh, paint. Mm. Or some other way of applying paint to different areas of the cars. Okay. And then you find a surface, or could it could be another car, uh-huh. that you smash into it with the cars to effectively oh, right. paint that right, surface right, right. in an unpredictable way that's driven by the force of the car crash. Okay. And then that becomes the wallpaper for your, your sure. child's bedroom. Peacefulness. We have a demolition derby wallpaper. <gasps> Perfect. Do on that you? note, he already has one. What, what better point to end this section on? How can people follow you and the things that you're doing and connect with you as an artist, possibly to commission you? Yeah. Don't be don't be afraid to commission. Yeah. Don't go to Logos RS for logos. No. Hire an artist um, or designer, for that matter. I am on Instagram, and my website is B like Brian, K-A-S-P-R. There's no E in my last name. B Casper dot com and at b casper you can also just google me and it'll come up cool man um and then the wallpaper company is flat vernacular like a flat piece of paper and vernacular like the language i was just stalking and flat, flat vernacular. vernacular and also flat vernacular.com those are the those are, that's that's it very exciting very streamlined very cool i have a challenge for you other than the one i just gave yeah um but i will understand if and and if you're not cool with it i'll cut it out okay um what would be so cool is uh, if you could create some sort of unique image mm-hmm. that represents this conversation that wow. when this show comes out, when this show comes out, yeah. 
you could use that image to promote this conversation. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm definitely going to talk about it. There's no question there. So what, what I'm saying is, like, we've had a couple cartoonists on that are making oh, custom right. cartoons yeah, yeah. that are going to basically be about this conversation. And that's going to be the okay. way they, through, say, Instagram or whatever, yes. communicate this. Um, I'm challenging you. Okay. Um, I don't. I don't know how much bandwidth this takes, so I don't want to use an undo. And no, I mean, I was, I was planning, I was planning on doing something like that anyway. Great. So Perfect. it's already ready in the on the list Fabulous. of things to do. Depending I'm excited. On, depending on when everybody, this is coming out. look out for is that. It, is this live? Um, it's not live. No, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, only it is. No, it's not. Uh, okay, so we're gonna take a super quick break, and when we come back, guess what, everybody? Guess what? Guess what? Guess I what? know. What is it, Danielle? It's end of show food That's with Elsie. Right. That's right. Right. After this. this. Officially submitting themselves for the weird couple traveling to Mars, it's Mark and Danielle with Funny People Talking. All right, everybody. It is time for... End of show food. That's right. End of show food. That's the part of the show when Elsie has searched far and wide for an opportunity for us to enjoy some sort of culinary delicacy or disaster, but usually delicacy. Uh, (laughs) You never know. And then we will rate it on a scale of chickens. Uh, Never know how many chickens it's going to be, but it's going to be somewhere between zero and that many chickens. Um, so, but before we get to Elsie's end of show food, just hang on there one second, Elsie. Um, Brian seems to be bursting at the seams here about something. <laughs> Danielle's bursting at the seams. <laughs> what, what, something's going on over there. What, I think what Brian should read the goodie that he wait, brought wait, wait, wait. in. Brian, you brought something for end of I show food? End of show drinks. Yeah. Um, He's saying the logo, or the, the, the theme song <laughs> to end of show drinks. End of show with Brian, drinks. With Brian Casper. Yeah. I, I am delighted. Okay. I'm so delighted. Um, you brought end of show And I've never drinks. had it, so I have no idea. It's called Kaskai, C-A-S-K-A-I, Nature's Silent Power. Ooh. Um, and the description says... Cascai is a refreshing beverage made from cascara, the dried fruit of the coffee cherry. (coughs) We use only premium sun-dried cascara, not that knockoff stuff, brewed in Austrian Alps spring water with other natural ingredients. And I don't think it's alcoholic. Sparkling cascara infusion. Yeah, I don't. Whatever cascara. How no, did you find it? It's a. It's from a coffee it cherry, went, so it, I don't know if it, it will have any to, caffeine. Relates back to the coffee and tea thing. I don't know. It, I was just seeking something I had never heard of before. It's. It is and very it different. Smells smell. good. Where I did you like, get like this? Does it like elderberry like or lavenderish kind of? Just had, at the grocery store. It was in the beer section, which is why I thought maybe it was alcoholic. But in New York City. Cheers, everybody. Let's cheers. Thank you for bringing this, Brian. A nice little. Uh, yes, guy. Little hors d'oeuvre to the uh, ching, ching. food. Surprisingly, not bad. That's my stomach just gurgled. Gurgled. It's very light. I think that's a good. It's sign. very light. I thought it's, it was going to be really intense. I'm it, glad I it's did not. Too. It's it not... kind of um, tastes like pear to me. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. A little bit like yeah. That. It actually does. It tastes like a pear. Like if pear, if if you had taken a bunch of flowers and soaked them in the pear, there you go, and then taken the flowers out and then drank it. There is something floral, and then maybe there's a slight 
cherry thing going on too, but it's from a coffee cherry, which I don't know if that actually tastes like cherry. This is fascinating. Well, this thank is a new you, sir. Spin thank you so much for that. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's turn it over to Elsie and see what she's got. So, um, my end of show food is Wisps Bacon Barbecue Cheese Crisps. <gasps> What could go um, wrong? This what is a perfect You have bacon, wrong. you have cheese, you have crisps. You have wisps. You have wisps. You have barbecue. Oh, you my have God. Um, yeah, there's uh, oh my gosh. 10 grams of protein. Okay. Gluten-free. Bonus. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Let's well, just, you get your protein. Let's you just eat it. Protein. I want to take a picture Cascara. of the bottle, too. In the Cascara, there is no protein. All right. All right, so... Uh, Elsie is opening the and bag. You ha- and, I'm going to pass it and around. You, and you have to wait. I will I'm wait. waiting. I it's my wait. fault. I don't. But you so, don't, but you don't give that wait. direction. I'm giving the direction now. So, I'm Brian, so we bad. prefer that Elsie likes to call when we're allowed to eat. So, just so you know, she likes the control of that moment. Thank you. So, we all break bread together. Um, I'm really glad that we're not wearing headphones because I hate the sound of chewing. Thank you. Oh, well, that, that that's also- got to be your least favorite part of this show. Do you hate the sound of gum chewing as well? Just chewing. Do you, what it, what, like if, what if a friend of yours is chewing I gum? Can't, look, I can't stand eating noises. Tell him that he's like, get, get rid of it. Yeah, oh, my you God, these smell yeah. so good. I have a friend. Oh, my God, let me smell. Ooh. Yeah, the, okay. This is like the, the bouquet on this is very... What a bouquet. What a barbecue. Right. Cheesy-rific. Tell us, tell us when, Elsie. One, two, three, go. Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, I love them. Oh, wow. wow. Now, mm. Mm. sausages. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Now, where did you get these? My gosh, these are amazing. In a store. I in, know, but. In uh Can I buy them? Yeah, now I'm trying to think of where it was. <laughs> She'll sell them. Like. You. Fifth okay. Avenue and like 31, 31st. Wow. Like, will they be at Whole Foods? We don't know. So I don't think so. They basically I don't know. look very like if you if you had mm. burnt a little bit of cheese, but not with the actual right. like dark like black burnt. If you had burnt a little bit of yeah. cheese mm. and it kind of got hard, and then you peeled it off of the stove mm. uh, of the pan. Whoops. To me, that's kind of what it looks like. Delicious. Yeah. It's like when you make nachos and some of the cheese drips onto the pan and then it gets hard and you do yeah. and then you crust get the crust off. Oh my god. Yeah. These it's like great. the moon cheese. Oh uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like the what? Moon cheese. Moon cheese. But uh-huh. what is so great about this is that the barbecue mm. thing is really yeah. Oh wow. Oh, really good. All right. Okay, Danielle, I have my writing. 80,000 out of 80,000 chickens. Well, perfect score. Perfect score. Um, How many chickens? Out of a scale of undercooked boiled chicken thighs to perfectly seasoned fried wings. Oh, my God. I give these a chicken piccata. I don't know where that lands, I but it sounds perfect. I believe that's on the perfect. higher end. It's on the high end, for sure. <laughs> for sure. This is the most Only unusual chicken points, wing points deducted. Chicken milanese. Rotisserie chicken points deducted and smoked chicken points deducted because um, I don't get a lot of bacon. Wait, it's bacon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was just barbecue. So I got more bacon than barbecue, of... honestly. I, fa- I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I say, uh, I say 72 out of 72. Yeah, I'm going to go 18 out of 18. 
And for Brian's, he's going abstract out of abstract. I know. that was. A, and by the way, for someone who listens to the show, you sure didn't get the rating system down. Oh, no. I think he did. I liked it, up to the end. I like the rating system. Are we rating the beverage, yeah. too? Oh, yeah. Let's rate the beverage. Uh, for, well, I give, I give Brian's initiative a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. And I appreciate it. Uh, I will school. give the drink a... <laughs> Seven and a half out of ten for me, just in terms of my personal taste. Sure, but mm. I appreciate its complexity and yet simplicity. Mm-hmm. There you go. I like it. I think it's very refreshing. I'd say seventy-two out of seventy-two. Two perfect scores. Yeah, mm. does it go I, well I think, with the cheese? And it, it does because it doesn't overwhelm it. I still have a little bacon cheese <laughs> action going on. All right, but my thirst has been quenched at the Danielle? same time. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh. I wish it was cold. It's supposed it was cold, but it was sitting in my bag since you know six o'clock. No, so. I know it's not your fault. I'm saying the product. I think I would like it better if it was cold. So, um, I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. All right. And how about you, Mister Mister Bringer? Um, well, in the conf- the conformist system of rating, out of seventy four chickens, I'd give it a solid. 59, 59 to eight million. Is it waffling? It's kind of wavering between 58 yeah. 59. Points okay. for it not being too sweet. I thought it might, maybe it was going to be sweet. And Agreed. also points for it not being too crazy bitter, like I know. acquired taste zone. Very good. I'm well, thank it you down. so much. Of uh, thank you, Brian, for end of show drinks. My pleasure. And uh, Elsie, thank you so much for the stellar end of show food. Really, really good. Yummy. I don't know where that bag went. It might be in my briefcase. <laughs> it's, it's in that uh, I know it's right there. I know it's right there. Thanks for ruining the illusion. Radio, am I right? I tell you, you are right. Uh, that's it for this episode of Funny People Talking. We're very grateful for Brian Casper for thank joining for us. He really me. added a, a lot to the show. It was really nice to have you here. And uh, thank you all for listening. It really means the world to us that you've taken time to listen to the show. And apparently you're at the end of the show. So uh, that's big bonus points, too. That You, you made it. With, you either stuck with us or the only part of the show you like is end of show food and then <laughs> and you scrub for Elsie. So uh, we'll see you next week. Until next time, for Elsie. Thank you. And Danielle. Thank you. I'm Mark. Thank you. And Goodbye. stay funny. If only we could have the last hour back. Please, someone invent time travel. This has been Funny People Talking. This has been Funny People Talking, a production of Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.